Reflections on Immanuel Kant's Epistemology and the A Priori Logic of Human Action, Part 2, by Thorsten Polite, 2nd of March 2024. In the previous segment of this video series, I provided a brief overview of Immanuel Kant's epistemological framework. Kant postulates the existence of a priori knowledge, true knowledge independent of empirical evidence, claiming strict universality. According to Kant, there is a way to obtain indisputably true statements that do not require us to resort to experience or observation, testing, trial and error, etc. An important question arises. Do a priori statements exist in the science of economics? Is it conceivable to identify purely a priori statements in economics, statements whose truth value necessitates no empirical validation whatsoever and, in addition, originates from human reason? The economist Ludwig von Mises contends that the theory of human action and thus economics, its so far best developed subdiscipline, is an a priori science of human action. Mises argues that economics cannot be conceived, that is, understood and meaningfully applied as an empirical science without encountering logical inconsistencies, but only as an a priori science of human action. According to Mises, economic knowledge, specifically economic laws, cannot be acquired through empirical experience but only through logical reflection. The knowledge obtained in this manner is a priori, meaning its truth value is not contingent on sensory experiences such as sight, sound or touch. How did Mises arrive at this position? He begins with the assertion, humans act. This seemingly quite simple statement implies that human action is equivalent to substituting one state of affairs with another that is considered relatively preferable. While the statement humans act may appear quite trivial at first, upon further consideration we realize that we actually cannot refute it without creating a logical contradiction. If you claim man does not act, you would actually engage in an action, contradicting your very statement and rendering it false. The statement humans act is valid a priori. It is indisputably true, serving as a foundation from which other true statements can be logically deducted. The question of whether the sentence humans act might even qualify as a pure a priori will be discussed later. Human action is inherently goal-oriented. Attempting to refute this assertion by stating, for instance, no, human action is not goal-oriented, would lead to a logical contradiction, because such a statement is undoubtedly goal-oriented, thus contradicting itself and false. Human action, the pursuit of goals, requires the use of means whether it involves using vocal cords while speaking, hand movements while writing, or using intermediate goods in production processes. Human action devoid of means is logically inconceivable, as it would result in the instantaneous achievement of all desired goals, negating the possibility of action, an untenable notion that inherently contradicts itself. 
means are scarce. If they were not scarce, they would not qualify as goods requiring economization. Instead, they would have to be considered exogenous factors in human action. In fact, the concept of scarcity is implied in the statement humans act. Furthermore, human action is bound to time. Time serves as a means that actors must use to achieve their objectives. Human action without time would entail a goal being achieved immediately, rendering human action impossible, a contradiction inherent in the irrevocably true assertion humans act. Time is an a priori category of human action. Human action necessitates cause and effect or causality, meaning that an action, cause, can bring about a desired outcome, effect. Only those who perceive the environment through the lens of causality can engage in action. Without causality, the actor would be unable to act. Human action implies the a priori category of causality. The concept of time preference is also a priori. Time preference denotes an actor's inclination to prioritize fulfilling desires sooner rather than later, all else being equal. Time preference may vary from person to person and a person's time preference can also change over time. However, time preference is always and everywhere positive and cannot vanish or turn negative. Originary interest is the manifestation of time preference. It signifies the discount in value a future good experiences compared to a present good from the actor's perspective. And just as time preference is an intrinsic aspect of human action, the same holds true for originary interest, which dwells within each individual human actor. It cannot disappear, diminish to zero or even become negative. Another fundamental aspect of human action is uncertainty. If the future were entirely certain, events would follow a predetermined path, rendering the actor powerless to change their course through action. Such a scenario would reduce the actor to something akin to an automaton, devoid of free will. However, the logic of human action refutes this assertion as false. Uncertainty and human action go hand in hand. Value, price, costs, success and failure and profit and loss are also a priori categories of human action, often referred to as operational logic concepts. Property, understood as the ownership of one's body, that is self-ownership, and external possessions acquired non-aggressively, also constitutes a category of human action. Property is inherently a priori, an undeniable truth as human action is concerned. Against the backdrop of the categories of human action, and the list may be expanded further, we arrive at a rather interesting question. What epistemological status should be ascribed to the sentence humans act? The sentence undoubtedly holds validity a priori, as perceived by Ludwig von Mises. His student, Marie Rothbard, also considers the sentence humans act an a priori, not in a Kantian context, but rather from an Aristotelian and Neo-Thomist perspective. 
Hans-Hermann Hoppe sees the sentence humans act as a Kantian synthetic judgment a priori, a prerequisite for the possibility of objectifiable experience. Meanwhile, the German philosophers Rolf Puster and Michael Oliver Cordoba consider Mises' assertion an analytical a priori. Regardless of the individual interpretations, they all agree that the statement humans act is considered inherently and indisputably true and cannot be denied without logical contradiction. Consequently, this allows the statement humans act to serve as a starting point for scientific inquiry, a fundamental truth that stands beyond the reach of final justification. It is an ultimate given. One last point worth considering. In the first part of the video, I discussed Kant's pure concepts of the understanding, by which he means concepts that are entirely independent of experience and originate from the human mind. Kant also refers to them as categories, asserting that without them we cannot obtain objective knowledge of reality. Kant seeks to uncover the source of the unity inherent in all our intellectual conditions shaping our experiences, the origin from which we consolidate and comprehend our countless perceptions and from which all our categories ultimately emerge. In Kant's words, he is looking for the original synthetic unity of our perception signifying the ability of the understanding to construct objects of experience from sensory perceptions through synthesis, a process that unifies our experiences. Kant pinpoints the original of the unity of our objects of experience in the self-consciousness of the subject. According to Kant, the assertion, I think, represents an irreducible concept. It embodies the original synthetic unity of apperception. Kant articulates the concept as follows. Quote, this, I think, must be able to accompany all my ideas. Otherwise, something would be imagined in me that could not be thought at all, which means the same as the idea would be either be impossible or at least nothing for me. Quote ends. Now, thinking represents a tangible form of human action. From this perspective, Mises' statement humans act or personalized for the individual actor, I act, appears to be an irreducible concept. The entirety of all sensory perceptions, encompassing the categories of human action, is inherently contingent upon this condition of I act. Viewed through this lens, Mises' assertion that humans act would not only qualify as a priori, but would even be considered a pure a priori. Mises seems to have silently reached a similar conclusion when he writes, quote, It is our human characteristic that we are thinking and acting beings, and as humans we know what thinking and acting mean. If we were not thinkers and actors ourselves, no experience could tell us what thinking and acting are." Quote ends. Human action can thus be understood as an essential concept serving as a foundational condition for all our understanding 
akin to the original synthetic unity of apperception in the Kantian sense. The practical ramifications and the implications of the logical insights into human actions for the social and economic sciences will be discussed in the third and final part of this video series. Thank you for your attention and dedication. If you enjoyed the video, please like and share it, ring the bell, follow my channel and don't miss the third part.